Anyone working within classical culture obviously want to remedy the situation as it is today. But I can tell you right from the get-go, equality is not the way to go. Uh, equality check have uh, investigated into the museums and the foundations in Norway, how equal is Norway's art? And you see here on the video how the museums would look like if the works by men were taken away. So they're making the point that 90% uh, of the works in museums and foundations are made by men and they want to remedy that. It's time we ensure that the art collections of the future are representative of our time. So they're saying that what happened in the past was unjust. So they want to remedy that with making the collections of today and just we'll we'll get to <laughs> how that works um so the uh, thing is after um, investigating into to the the collections around uh, this country uh they made this pledge that they want art collectors in any shape and form to to sign so uh, you have to then pledge that 50 percent of your purchases will be by female artists from 2021 onwards and that your exhibition program also when that will then um, be concerned with a gender equality perspective with 50 percent women from 2021 um, and then that they should prepare a plan and this is where it, when it gets kind of sneaky prepare a concrete plan to improve gender balance cultural diversity and equality in the context of gatherings and exhibitions to ensure future representativeness and timeliness for the entire population so this is where it suddenly goes from just equality in uh, when it comes to women and becomes something that encompasses any uh, group that might be uh, fit uh, comfortably into the to the victim hierarchy, and uh, in short, we are talking about social justice. We are talking about critical theory, and I think uh, this is this is something that has um, you know this has been a huge discussion last year, and we'll get to that now because there's someone I really want to introduce to you. Before we do that, head over to Cavopelis dot com uh, slash donate and check out the different ways you can support our show and the benefits you get from doing so so the man i want to introduce to you is this guy uh he his name is dan Choi. he has written an article uh referring to equality check and their their uh, um, uh, pledge that they want people to sign. Uh, equality in art, do not sign the pledge. And this is uh, really a, a guy I'm, I'm starting to like more and more. He is the editor of Subject Magazine in, in Norwegian. Uh, he is, uh, and this is the magazine that gave a, a uh, prize, the Reader's Prize, to the five students that objected to the introduction of critical theory at the National Academy of the Arts. And they were, were you know, quite severely uh, treated um, by the school and other students because of that. So this is the man behind that magazine. Um, uh, firmly placed on the left, and it's a really a great thing to see that uh, that uh, people who are objecting to this are not only coming from the right. So let's get to some, some bullet points here because it's saying some really good things here. Uh, first off, is talking about how, um, um, you know, that 
the last five years, when it comes to, to, to the balance between the sexes, uh, there's more or less total equality. And he says, we uh, achieved that without authoritarian demands imposed, superimposed on the what he calls the free art field. Uh, and in spite of that, Equality Check wants to use authoritarian means and take away the museum's uh, uh, artistic integrity and freedom. And they want to, to um, have a schematic balance between the sexes uh, through a militant, uh, they want to, wanted, they want to create a militant and schematic balance between the sexes. So, um, it, and then he goes on to say that you know there are some problems that arise quite quickly. For example, the National Museum in Norway, uh, they've already, and this is October 2020, they've already bought, uh, I think it's like 75% works of women, the last last uh, uh, five years. And then he's saying, well, do, <laughs> should they then, uh, uh, you know, discriminate against buying women now so that women will not have more than 50%? Um, and of course, you know that's a rhetorical question because that will will not happen. But then he's um, because of the, the politics of it. But then he's saying something which is really uh, this is where we're starting to 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 talk about some serious consequences. There are good reason to fear those who want museums, foundations, and private art collectors to march lockstep. Let that sink in. I'm, of course, speaking from the vantage point of a classical figurative painter, a kitsch painter, but I'm thinking also of, of sculptors and, of course, also in the broader context, tonal, com um, tonal uh, composers, uh, novelists or whatever. But in this specific case, private collectors, you are a uh, classical figurative painter. There are already... Uh, a, a massive push for figurative painting to follow the ideas of art, reflecting your time. I remember meeting some quite rich people once they had they had erected their own private uh, scholarship, and it was for figurative painting that reflected its time. They thought that was very important. So you, the problem is that private art collectors they follow what the great uh, big museums do so uh, there's this um there's this art art industrial complex this uh, uh, situation where what the public museums do the state institutions do will uh, affect what the private institutions do and do as well private collectors do as well so so this will have some really quite devastating effects if this really uh, uh, develops. So, uh, so Don Bichoy is, is, is protesting against this and is saying that, you know, uh, when, when you deviate from talking about the quality of the actual work, uh, then you're on, on the wrong path because then you get into all kinds of aspects of identity politics and, uh, you know, he's saying that, the, that our are we risking that the museums will go from what they call unconscious discrimination? This is a key term in critical theory, unconscious bias. You think you're being fair, 
But in reality, you're being extremely unfair and bigoted. You just don't know it. And the fact that you think you are not bigoted is proof that you are. So you get into a impossible situation. The only solution, if you want to appeal to the social um, uh, social milieu, is to just bow to what what is going on here. And this is what is so uh, so um, uh, dangerous about this push for more equality because it will be an equal outcome. Um, and, uh, you know, so you accept this thing about equality. Well, then what about all the other minorities, uh, immigrants and, you know, uh, overweights, blinds, uh, and, you know, people with disabilities, whatever. Uh, and in the end, you're sitting there with a an equation that doesn't match up. And what is sacrificed on the altar of social ju- justice is looking at the actual work itself. And that is from before a huge problem. Uh, I remember going to, to, to Rotterdam together with Odd Nerdem and some others. We were going to see a Rembrandt painting, but Rembrandt Research Project had taken it away from Rembrandt. And then it wasn't there anymore. So the, the wonderful, amazing masterpiece wasn't a masterpiece anymore because the signature was false or not accepted. So they are, in, you know, as it is, people who think in the art mindset are unable to see, you know, this Kantian thing in itself. They think it's something abstract. They don't understand that it is the actual painting they're looking at to be able to see the quality of it. And the art ideas that craft is out, that you shall only reflect your time and that you shall express yourself, all these things, are already taking them away from actually looking at the quality of the work. And this push for social justice will go only further in that direction. Um, so, uh, and he, he, Choi is, is at the end there saying, um, are there any brave voices to take this discussion in within you know the uh, art field, or will they keep their mouths shut in fear of being being harassed by the political correct people? Of course, I think that is more than a rhetorical question. Well, well, I guess that is the rhetorical question because it's saying that that will of course happen. Now, uh, this has been a, a, a long discussion, and this. Two women, uh, Sarah Torjusen and uh, Victoria Steinland, uh, they've written an article uh, stated or t- entitled "Are Is Only Men's Art of Quality?" And then they are referring to uh, Choi, uh, this magazine, saying that you know t- to suggest that that equality leads to uh, quotas of of uh, of um, uh, mediocre art. Is an expression for exactly for those attitudes we have to fight by active, uh, um, uh, you know, actively being for uh, equality. So we're already getting the problem here. Then that you know, when you think from a classical standpoint, what is made within the idea of fine art is bad. Of course, that's the whole point. That craft is out of the question. So the the whole discussion becomes quite absurd in any case. Um, but let's let's go to 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 check out what they were saying here. And it it seems you know to be fair, it seems fair <laughs> because they're saying that that, that there's an historical in, uh, you know um, 
<laughs> I almost said queerness <laughs> because it's sort of slightly off uh, the balance between the sexes, and they want to remedy that. You know, to to, to uh, focus on uh, female painters, whatever that have not been recognized, and that's fine. From a meritocratic viewpoint, if a person is skilled, the sex or color skin, blah, 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 all that doesn't matter. Uh, but there's something else behind uh, here, and we'll get to that, because uh, they are representing a, a, an organization called The Art of Balance. And I'll, I'll read you some quotes from there from uh, um, after going through some points here. So... Um, what they're saying is seems seems you know fair that that uh, women have been been overlooked and they want to remedy that and uh, so that the, it's not a question of of saying that the male artists uh, uh, of today shall you know pay for what has happened in the past that you cannot change the past but you can you can influence the future and you know that that's fine but that that's quite a general statement. So uh, where it gets problematic is when you go to uh, uh, the Art of Balance, and you can see there's an English um, uh, banner here as well. If you if you want to check out what I'm what I'm saying here, um, and uh, they are uh, they are talking about then that they have a broader idea of what plurality is, and this this is where you know it gets from sort of old school feminism into a situation where intersectionality takes over where it's about justice for all kinds of 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 um uh, uh aspects color of skin but you know background uh, sexuality all these things goes goes into sort of a higher higher uh, level here um so they're saying here that the uh, the art of balance are basing themselves on a broad idea of plurality uh, when when they're working for equality and they are uh, uh, you know they want equality and, and plurality uh, when it comes to sex you know your sex your gender gender identity gender expression sexual orientation uh, when it comes to disabilities age class background so they sort of cover all 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 the things there um, and again seems fair then it gets a bit more problematic the other balance also um, has an active and critical uh, um, uh, attitude to the idea of uh, or the term plurality to ensure that its understanding is kept relevant to all that are exposed of discrimination in uh, in or kept out of the cultural life. So this is something that that keeps um, never goes out of fashion because you can always add some kind of uh, uh, group that has been uh, has been uh, um, uh, badly treated. And it's also a question of what counts as being badly treated. So, uh, uh, and that and that's where you you can add, yeah, the thing at the bottom here, uh, which which uh, explains that in a bit more detail and why I think this is problematic. Um, and they want to uh, uh, break break down barriers that may uh, create you know un lack unfreedom <laughs> is the Norwegian term lack of freedom for for certain groups uh, which may for example be a lack of accessibility and inclusion reproductions of norms and hierarchies discrimination harassment hate speech and hate crime and so there are two things here 
from the perspective of someone who works with sort of you know the Greek or Roman mentality and then I'm thinking about you know baroque painting I'm thinking about renaissance sculpture I'm thinking about uh, academic painting I'm thinking about uh you know things from ancient ancient Greece okay so reproductions of norms of hierarchies this is when we need to uh remind ourselves to read this book critical theory uh, cynical theories by Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay because then you understand uh like Lindsay is talking about one thing is what is, is uh, outside, you know, on the box, and then there's what's inside the box, and that doesn't necessarily match. Um, so this whole idea of critical theory, as it develops, you're talking about critical race, race theory, um, uh, talking about colonial studies, uh, queerness and all these things. The very basis of it is that there's no such thing as objective knowledge that was just uh, happened to be defined by a group of eurocentric white men who were in power and had the power to decide that this should be objective but then there are all kinds of knowledges and you access those knowledges through your emotions now this is sounding pretty much like what we've been experienced for at least a hundred and twenty fifty 30 years within the field of art. This is why Munch says, oh, they can't understand that, that to me the sky can appear green. This is breaking down norms. Norms in painting is that you have certain objective criteria for what is, you know, proportions, color, a variation in, in paint, etc. And the other thing is the breaking down of, uh, of, uh, of hierarchies, where someone who is extremely skilled some uh, rubens guy you can you know just throw out a lot of figures on the canvas is no more skilled than someone who paints just black on a canvas so the whole idea of uh, critical theory wants to break down all established criteria all established hierarchies all established ways of judging quality and this is where we get to the heart of the matter when you already are going away from that in art and then you get critical theory pushing it further in that direction if you are working within classical culture somehow this will only increase or, or make the situation worse and worse and worse and of course there's this terms hate crime and hate speech which are also extremely malleable and where you can fit almost anything into it and i think if we go to to this uh, uh this part also this is also from from uh, the art of balance where they're saying then that well now it's time to stop discussing whether the lack of equality and plurality in art and culture is a problem uh and then they go back and forth between, uh, you know, things that sound totally crazy and things that sound reasonable. Because they're saying that if you get equality, then you get greater freedom for all and you get more plurality and that's, you know, makes a richer cultural life. Um, but then they're ending it again with something that doesn't go in the way, uh, direction of classical culture in any shape, way, or form, um, where they say that they are working to to um, um, 
put art and culture in a societal connection that the art shall be free that it cannot be uh, um, uh, you know that art shall be free doesn't mean that you uh, that it doesn't have a uh, responsibility for you know in society which mean, means engaging in society and if you go back to to uh, to this um, uh, to equality check you see here that representative of our time is the goal here so we know that this will not benefit uh, uh, classical culture uh, at all so the thing is that then that that um, and I think maybe the thing is that that uh, there's another term there's another term that they use and this is the idea of false consciousness so imagine that you are a woman and that you're working within classical culture uh, whether you're you identify as a kitsch painter or or not what we what we see here rather <laughs> is Anne herrero and she is an uh, you know, amazing painter she's working with uh, with some larger scale compositions now what happens is that they will of course not buy anything of Anne Herrero and they will also not buy anything by Colleen Barry another amazing uh, female painter because we are talking about situ a situation where if you work with something that in any way appears to be so-called old-fashioned that is a part of the so-called Eurocentric way of thinking about painting. Never mind the Nigerian sculptures from the 16th century or the Japanese from the 8th century. If you are working within this form, then the critical theory mindset, the social justice mindset, says that you have internalized the male gaze and that you ha have then a false consciousness so you are betraying your identity group and that's what i'm saying it's we all want to improve the situation but we must not be fooled by these ideas of justice of fairness because this is what you call uh, this is what you call newspeak so uh, to sum up here that you know the, the, there's so much to, to get into. I mean, the one thing is this this whole idea of, you know, this type of painting is based on the idea that you have objective measurements. You can see the proportions that they are correct. You can check out that the colors are, if she's completely purple in the face, then that's wrong. You know, there's certain criteria then that you can go by, but that is specifically what critical theory, social justice, attacks that there is any kind of of uh, um, objectivity at all so what we have to understand here the value system of art has at its very basis this idea of uh, a, a, a type of epistemology how the idea of how we acquire knowledge that says we cannot know anything about reality we cannot reach it so of course painting it emulating it somehow in the classical you know greek way is absurd to that way of thinking 
then you get critical theory that says yeah that just drives that even further there is no truth there is no objectivity other than that certain groups are victims and that another group has to pay for that you know the rest of their lives so what we uh, what we need to get back to, and this is why we're talking about uh, uh, you know having the conversations that we are having at the Cable Palace, is back to the idea of uh, of craft, of storytelling, of not having painting being obliged to the art rules. Check out the conversation that I had, uh, had with Bork Nerdrum on uh, the invention of art, Larry Shiner's book on what art is. Please read that book because if we can at least get to the point where we agree that art was an 18th century event invention that radically broke with this kind of work, then we can start building something. <laughs>